Welcome to Spring of Life. My name is Mike Luzinski, and I serve as the lead pastor here. I'm so glad you're taking the time to grow in your faith through scripture, preaching, and the conversations on our podcast. Scripture this morning is from Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone, from the least to the greatest, will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Here we are on New Year's Eve, together in worship. This is a time for many of us when we think back on the year that we just had. What was joyful? What caused pain? What, what do we want to change about next year? What's something to remember and keep in mind? This process of reflection is something that most of us do in our work lives, in our family lives, in our personal lives. And it's something we're doing today, but with a spiritual side of it. We're participating in a service called Covenant Renewal. And I know those are words that we don't often use in our regular vocabulary, but this goes back to a history. The first time this happened in a Methodist church, trivia, can you guess when the first service was? It's a pretty long time ago, 1755. I know that's probably what you were thinking. Ah, you didn't give me the chance to answer. 1755, John Wesley incorporated these elements of reflection into a worship service to suit the needs of the community. This is an opportunity for us to commit ourselves once again to living out our faith grounded in the grace of Jesus Christ. An opportunity to remember our baptisms and the promises we made at our baptisms, the promises we made when we joined the church and became a member to live out that call to embody God's love. So for the children in the room, I have a question for you. We're using this word covenant, we're throwing it around, but what does covenant mean? Do any of you know what the word covenant means? Raise your hand and tell me if you have an idea. I know, it's a pretty big word. Three syllables and all. Covenant, hmm, any ideas? Okay. So, anybody? Yeah. Say that again. A promise? Yeah, that's part of it. A covenant is a, is a promise. It's, it's a relationship. It's an agreement uh, that, that people have. Uh, often, 
When we think about covenant, we see that covenant leads us into relationship. Covenant is an agreement of, of how we want to teach each other. I'll give you an example. Uh, all of our staff team at Spring of Life, we have a document called our covenant. We've agreed and we've written down how we're going to treat each other and what our goals are as people of God trying to carry out the mission of God. This is an agreement that leads us into healthy and full relationship. Covenant is often how we describe our relationship with God. You might remember from the scripture, there's the image of leading Israel by the hand out of Egypt. You know, when I think about who is it that often takes the hand, a parent takes the hand of a child and leads them out. And covenant sometimes is between two parties with equal power, but there are other moments when a covenant is between someone with power and responsibility and with someone without it. So that image of a parent and a child, the parent is responsible to take that child by the hand and make sure they don't run into a dangerous situation out into the middle of the road or, or something like that, playing. And so we see God willing to do that, to be in covenant relationship with us, even when we make mistakes, even when we fall short. So today, covenant renewal is our recommitment to relationship with God. We are recommitting ourselves to living out our faith with God. And we're going to lean on what the prophet Jeremiah can teach us in how to do that well. And before we go through, we have four verses today, so we're going to go through all of them. Just a warning. Oh, it's only four, so hang with me. Uh, but before we get into what Jeremiah has to say, remember that Jeremiah was preaching in a time of political and geo-instability. He was preaching in the time that Jerusalem fell, being conquered by a foreign empire. He was preaching to people who had lost it all. Their dreams, some of the, their loved ones, the future that they had imagined, their homes, it was all gone when Assyria conquered Jerusalem. And it's in that moment that Jeremiah has this to say. The day is coming when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. Remember, God extends this invitation to relationship when Israel is at its worst, its most broken, its most despairing, its most anxious. When the grief is insurmountable, that's when God reaches out and extends the invitation to covenant relationship once more. A new covenant is coming. Implied in the phrase that a new covenant is coming is that it won't be like this forever. The pain and the sorrow that we know now well, it's not going to be that way forever because God is doing something about it, inviting the people of Israel to a new future, God taking them by the hand 
in this next chapter. But this covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days. I will put my instructions deep within them. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. God is acknowledging that the people have chosen not to be in the covenant done prior. Relationships are a difficult thing. And relationships require two people, 50-50, to be invested in that relationship. What happens if someone doesn't want to be in a relationship? No matter how much you may want to be in relationship with that person, it's probably not going to happen. God is acknowledging that the people broke the covenant. They chose, I don't want to be in relationship with God. And yet, even in the midst of that choice, there's this sign of deep hope, of God loving us. There's this deep sign that by saying yes to God, we ourselves are saved by the experience of grace. This is how God works. And remember that example in Egypt It's not just the Egypt part. It's also the the desert and the Red Sea and the promised land and that whole way God showed up for the people. Jeremiah keeps going. But this new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days. And God does that. God isn't forcing people. God's trying again. The grace of God invites transformation. It doesn't invite guilt or shame or you coulda, woulda, shoulda done it this way. The grace of God helps us to desire to live God's way. And Jeremiah concludes by doing something that many great preachers do. Jeremiah invites the people of Israel to imagine what it looks like for them to live in covenant relationship with God. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, and I will forgive their wickedness and never again remember their sins. Jeremiah is saying, imagine a world where people live out their faith in covenant relationship with God. Imagine how different it would be from the experiences and the world, the reality that we're currently living. Jeremiah is is helping people to see it in a way that maybe they never have before. Jeremiah is reminding people that God will forgive their sin and God won't even remember it. God removes the barrier to relationship here. Sin is inherently a roadblock. It's something that comes in between our ability to have relationship with God. So to put it as simply as we can, sin is a barrier between us and God. And God 
is willing to remove that, to free that barrier, to make relationship possible. And God assumes the risk for that. Okay, so I know New Year's resolutions are popular, and many people this time of year make New Year's resolutions. There are many different ways, and sometimes this can be a good practice, and other times this can be a practice that functions in a way that just beats ourselves up. You know, I've, I've met with folks who have the New Year's resolution, oh, well, this year I'm, I'm going to make five new friends or I'm going to lose weight, and then three months into the year, you haven't lost weight and you haven't made any new friends, and then we're almost feeling worse because we had all these big goals and we've just, uh, we've kind of slumped and we haven't met them. But what I think the distinction is between a New Year's resolution and what we're talking about today with covenant renewal is that New Year's resolutions are often about trying harder. And covenant renewal is rooted in grace. It's never about trying harder. The starting point is that God washes away our guilt, our shame, our sin, our fear. The starting point is grace. And God's grace when we truly accept it, begins to reorient and reshape the deepest desires of our hearts. God's grace is what makes covenant relationship possible. And it invites us into this pattern, a very simple pattern of confession, of naming the ways that we've fallen short to God and to another person, of pardon of accepting God's forgiveness and embracing that. And then the final part, another opportunity to live out your faith, to do it better this time. We're not just stuck on a hamster wheel of confession and pardon and then do it again. <laughs> confession and pardon and then fall short again. No, no, no. The, the desire is confession and pardon and a new opportunity to live out our faith, to live out the mission of God. And so maybe you say, all right, that sounds great, Mike. How do I do that? How does the rubber hit the road? Uh, these are some questions I've been asking myself, and I invite you to ask them of yourself. You can ask these. They're, they're framed in a, in a personal way. But this whole concept of covenant renewal, it's deeply personal, but it, it also can be extended to our, our families, our communities, and beyond that as well. So think of these from that different, different way. The first one is how am I allowing Jesus to shape my life today? How am I allowing Jesus to shape my life today? I'll start with confessing that I don't always have a good answer to this. Oh, I'm running behind, and I haven't had taken the time to pray, to read Scripture, or to, to have a conversation with another person I trust and I'm willing to be vulnerable with. 
God is able to speak to us through all of those means and many more. But really, we have to ask ourselves, am I, am I listening? Am I opening myself up to hear God speaking today? Am I allowing Jesus to shape my life today? Am I being open and faithful in that way? The second question is about how we respond to what God's doing. How am I sharing my time, my talent, and my treasure? The mission of God is individual, but it's also highly communal. And we wouldn't be a healthy church if all we focused on was how God is only affecting our lives. Generosity is one of the ways where the mission of God becomes real, where what God is doing in our lives begins to have a ripple effect outward, affecting the lives of other people and communities, expanding and transforming the world. And so when we ask ourselves this question, what we're getting at is, am I allowing God to use me as a vessel of God's mission? Am I sharing my time, my talent, and my treasure with others? The third question, how am I approaching differences with curiosity and celebration? If you read many of the stories of the heroes of the Bible, from Abraham to Jonah and so many others, they're almost always doing things that pull them outside of their comfort zone. <laughs> They're almost always going to places beyond where they thought they would ever go. When we updated our mission statement, the leaders and the vision team began that statement with embracing all. This is part of what we're talking about. God can use us if we simply begin by embracing people. And that is a key step to being in covenant relationship with God by embracing people created in the image of God. Number four, how am I allowing my faith to inform my decisions? Ebenezer Scrooge is still fresh on my mind. He was, in his own words, a great man of business. And he found a way to separate out what little faith he had at the beginning of the story from his business dealings, which according to Charles Dickens was a, quote, swindling of the widows. And so he was a man of faith, but also doing things on the side that were actively harming other people. It was as if his faith didn't inform his decisions. And it's real easy to get down on Scrooge, but we also must ask ourselves, is my faith in God shaping my decision-making in all areas of my life? Am I allowing God to do that? So I hope you'll take time and sit with those questions. Ask yourself those questions as a way of recommitting yourself to life with Christ in 2024. Jeremiah challenges us to imagine 
a world with covenant relationship. Imagine our lives lived in healthy covenant relationship with God and what an impact that can have on you, on your neighbors, your friends, your family, and the larger community. That gives us hope to look on to and to hold on to in the new year. That hope is deep hope rooted on the foundation of grace, that God is moving towards us, even in the moments when we're at our worst, most broken, most despairing. So no, God did that for Israel, and God does that for us as we look forward into this new year. Let us pray. Holy God, allow us to embrace your transforming grace as we recommit to covenant relationship with you. Amen. If you have questions or want to talk further about this message, I'd love the chance to talk with you. Visit us online at springchurch.org connect or email me at pastormike at springchurch.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.